0: good afternoon and welcome to the pirates fan forum here on dk pittsburgh sports podcast network i'm your host gary morgan uh with me as always is my good friend jim stam how you doing still on location out there
1: yeah, I'm still on location. Uh, I'll be heading back to the Berg real soon. I uh, miss it, so I'm looking forward to it.
0: Well, the Berg misses you too, brother. I promise you. And uh, returning to the show again is Graves, and this time audio and visual. Pretty good I've got, there.
2: I've got it all working today, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it and uh, and ready, ready to have a good discussion.
0: Well, welcome back. I wish we were talking about something a little more fun, but... You know, that's baseball's fault. And uh, Craig, I, I've been listening to your show. I, I know the mood you're in about, about all this stuff. So I brought you in to balance out Graves' happiness. <laughs> how are you doing today, brother?
3: I, I, i'm doing good and i know you you read some of the drafts that i put in on the site and <laughs> i actually have to go back in a couple of times cause i'm just like i don't want people to think that they're like checking for me on a bridge someplace so yeah
0: <laughs> it's funny that how often that happens brother like uh, what was it a couple of weeks ago i wrote like some just i just decimated the league basically for everything and all of this and I'm like, Craig, you better read this, man, because I don't know. <laughs> we might lose everybody that follows.
3: <laughs> and, and, I, and I probably wasn't the person to ask. I'm like, oh, yeah, that looks good. Uh, Gary.
0: Craig was like, it's good. Put it up.
3: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you know, here
0: we are. And uh, we started with a poll question because, you know, we like to do poll questions every once in a while. And I figured that's where we should start talking today because it, it got good response. And it was a lot of fun, the conversations that we had online about it. So, let's get started. Question of the week was, is it too soon to consider trading from prospect depth for a need? And you know me. I like to leave these a little open-ended because if you, leave, if you pigeonhole people too much, then you're basically answering it for them. Um, so, you know, I left it up for interpretation. I think a lot of people took it the right way, which is basically... Is there any scenario in which you could see trading a prospect being okay right now? You know, in other words, do any of you remember A.J. Burnett? So uh, the vote was yes, 62.3%, and no was 377 <clears throat> So almost 40% of you think that we should not consider trading any prospects for pieces right now. And I guess my main question is before we get into reading their comments, I want to go through ours. My main question when you say no to something like that is what do you really think that every prospect is going to make it up here? Is that what you think? Do you think they're never gonna to have to trade for anything? <laughs> that that's why that's what I don't understand. and I guess you can you can say it's too early, but is it really? I mean, do you not want this team to improve at all before before you thought their window was supposed to open? You know it doesn't work like that. You don't just kick the door open and have your team be good. You ramp up into being good. Remember 2012? I mean, Jim, what did you think about this poll, and what's your reaction, Matt?
1: Yeah, I mean, it did. It created a lot of discussion, which obviously is is our goal here. And um, it was good discussion. I think it is kind of funny how people do tend to put on the the lawyer glasses and start, you know, inspecting the the words uh, in the, in the poll and uh, you know uh, down. What into do the you fine. mean depth? Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. depth. And when you say <laughs> you're fine with it, do you mean now or at the end of the season? Now, you
0: know, it's like yeah. Right.
1: You know, it, it, Take it for what it's worth. I think everybody kind of did get the gist of it. A couple people went off the reservation, but you know, that's that's to be expected. Um, you know, t- to me, I, 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 kn- I know that people tend to get very caught up in prospects in the hoarding of them. And you don't want to let someone get away that ends up being, you know, this, this huge piece somewhere else but, I mean, you, you can't get too caught up in that. You know, these are unproven guys, as much pedigree as some of them have, as much hope we have for some of them. And if I can go out, especially now, and start to maybe solidify some certain pieces on this, this team or it, organizationally. Uh, where we're we're lacking, I'm gonna do it, I, and 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 I'm also gonna start targeting guys that aren't as big a question marks, you know, that that I think are more ready to contribute at the major league level as we go along here, because otherwise, you're holding on to a bunch of wild cards. If people think this is all gonna come from within. It's just not, it's just not. And you mentioned, you know, AJ Burnett. And I mean, we can go down the list. You need guys that are from outside this organization that are going to be a part of this. You can't just hope that all the prospects hit. It doesn't work that way.
0: Despite what many people would love to tell you on Twitter.
1: It's all over. It's all over the place, right? I mean, everybody everybody
0: really, really is. And in Graves, we we looked at, at even like this year, let's say everything was normal. If we had the forty man um situation that led to the roll five draft, which I'm not even sure will happen at this point. In fact, am right. leaning it won't. Um but if there was a four, if there was a roll five draft this year, the Pirates would stand to lose some players. Craig and I have outlined multiple times on our site how that's going to just do nothing but get worse over the next couple of years. It gets harder and harder to hold on to people. So at some point it's almost like you're doing it just to like get out of your own way and get something for these prospects at some point. I mean, how did you come down on, on the poll, and what's your thoughts?
2: Well, I, I, I will say a, a few words did stick out with me because I was, you know, consider, you know, I always want Ben Charrington to be, thinking a few steps ahead, you know, I don't want him just to be sitting back and, 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 and waiting. If there's a guy out there that, that he really wants to bring in, then yeah, he absolutely needs to consider that. And, and the other one was um, for a need. I mean, we're, we're seeing a a bit of a shift. I mean, everybody we trade, we're not trading necessarily everybody to get back a bunch of prospects. We're getting, we might be trading those prospects to, like you said, feel that need that we, that we were, are eventually going to need. And so I'm always in favor of looking and thinking and, and, and and having those discussions about what, how to make this team better. I mean, you can never get too, too, um, set in place that, uh, okay, I've done my job. Let's go see what's going to happen. You've always, always have to be looking to improve the team. So um, I'm, I'm uh, absolutely, if, if we need to trade some, some guys and, and, and to improve this team now um, to, the rule five drafting is a perfect example. We lose Mason, Mason Martin, we already don't have very many options at first base. So maybe we trade somebody and go out, go out and get, get a first baseman or, you know, that route or a backup catcher. There, there's always, always ways to improve. And they always right. need to be looking at ways.
0: That's if Mason actually breaks through himself, which is no right. guarantee. So, right, you know, Craig, we've been preaching to people for the better part of two years now, as we just discovered the other day, when you pulled up, Something from the archives of our old, old site. <laughs> Follow the, the process. Enjoy these prospects. Have fun. Look at you know we're rating them. We're talking about them. You've written about ninety percent of them. I swear. How do you justify what you know is going to come? I mean, you saw what I wrote in that piece the other day. Most of these prospects don't pan out.
3: Yeah, and that's the that's kind of the rub there because. And I may play devil's advocate a little bit here just because as soon as that that question was posted, I mean, I voted, but I didn't want to respond because, you know, I knew I was coming on the show and didn't (laughs) didn't want to show my hand completely. Yeah. But I looked at the steps that the Pirates had taken forward, I saw, in at least 2011, and there was what I saw as hope on the horizon, and I saw some players – you know, putting their foot down to be able to, you know, solidify some of those spots and you knew exactly where your needs were at. Right. Um, I don't know if we we necessarily know that at this point. Would I be opposed to it? I, I'm I'm never opposed to it, as Graves would said, of you know, exploring those options those opportunities if if it comes up we've always said that you know ben should listen on every trade he should listen on whatever comes up because then he's not doing his due diligence but in in some aspects i'm i'm going along the lines of of what jim said is that you better know this is a sure thing you better know this isn't wandy rodriguez who was on the verge of you know Sometimes you can't you can't see that, but on the verge, like he got hurt, and it it didn't it didn't turn out so well. AJ Burnett didn't, and became a catalyst towards you know what we were moving towards. But there was also so many other pieces. I felt more comfortable and and were possibly in place more in those in that 2011 year than I did you know in this past year. So it
0: it struck me like in the side of the head when they went and got Russell Martin and AJ Burnett, Mm
2: because
0: when I looked at that team, I didn't see it. You know what I mean? So they actually kind of, I think, got a little bit ahead of it in my eyes back then. And I guess that's kind of educating where I come down on it today, which is there's nothing wrong with starting to build something that, at least looks more like a professional baseball team now on your way it's okay to have a pitcher that you're paying too much to even though your team stinks that can carry over into the next stretch of time but hey great first discussion we gotta take a quick break when we come back let's pick it back up because there's just too much here to leave it go at one second And welcome back to the Pirates fan forum here at DK Pittsburgh sports podcast network, uh, with Graves, Jim and Craig. And we're going to continue our discussion now about, um, the poll question, which was basically, is it too early to be considering trading prospects for pieces that could actually help now? You know, I guess I should probably define what I'm talking about. What makes me think of things like this is I I think there are pitchers out there that have what I consider to be albatross contracts, and they're on teams that don't want those albatross contracts right now. Rebuilding clubs, just like the Pirates, except they're a little bit behind us in in that stage. Something like Arizona and Madison Bumgarner. Okay. I've suggested him before. But prospects is what you'd have to move to get him. you get three three years of control. You pay through the nose for a couple years. The last year is not that expensive. If your prospects work out and come up and you, you move them in the last year when his deal's cheap, if they come up and don't, you've got a nice veteran insurance policy there. He's going to be no worse than your fifth starter most likely, right? Right. I mean, we lived with Stephen Brault for how long? We can get by with JT Brubaker or, um, you know, whoever, Madison. Yep. Madison Bumgartner So let's start with uh, the always positive James Littleton, who was just on last week because I knew where he was going to go with this right away. This is not a win now team and won't be ready until 24 at the earliest, unless you're getting controllable people that will be here after 24 Then the answer is absolutely not and would be a waste of resources so i i think he's right as far as his qualifiers go but graves how do you feel because in general he's not a fan of of them doing anything like this at this point
2: right right and 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 I, I, can, I can see that, but I I also think of Madison Bumgartner coming here and just thinking of the wealth of knowledge that he brings with him. Same with, with A.J. Burnett. And
0: I'm going to let you finish, but I should also add in that James thinks that Mad, Madison Bumgartner is completely
2: washed. Okay. So th- that that's good to know. I'm I'm not going to go there. I think, you know, I still have uh uh memories of him beating our butts in the wild card game, so shutting us down. So, I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to go there. I think he does still have something in the tank, much more than probably Jose Quintana, but uh but I just I think of the the knowledge that he could bring and what he could help do to help these uh the young staff. And you know, it it hurts when you trade away some youngsters that you see as as having some potential, and if they go on and have great careers, that's great. But one of my favorite say, sayings from Casey Stern is, "Prospects are great, parades are are greater, are cool. Parades are no prospects are cold, parades are cooler." And I think that is so true. The ultimate goal is to win a World Series, and and if it and if it means trading some youngsters away to get better and to bring in some some knowledge and and teach these kids how to pitch and to win and practice winning i'm i'm all for it so if it's now if it's next year whatever i think uh, you look at opportunities to get, to improve your team right, i would look, i
1: would i would throw this in there too like and this is different uh, in a way but i think it, it, it when you when you start looking at a big pitcher the um, the result is the same. I mean, we've seen Charrington do this now with Stallings, which is uh, you know an established major league veteran, to get out and acquire some things that they need, that they feel that they need to add to the to the roster. So, if, I mean, if they're willing to do it there, I've got news for you: they're going to be willing to do it with prospects. And you need to be willing to do that. So I think we're going to see it. And um, if you're willing to do it with guys that are established and, and team leaders and uh, people that are well respected in the organization, prospects, you're not going to you're not going to get too hung up on that. And I don't expect him to.
0: I'm going to be honest. That was a borderline mic drop point because <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That that actually that actually might. <laughs> might kind of be the, the answer. You're right. Yeah. Thompson is, I mean, it, is a it, guy for now.
2: Yep. And you got Nick Nicholas and, and what so, Connor Scott. Yeah. For no, later. I, so
0: that's for, for later,
2: but, guy. but yeah, but that, but that's the whole beauty too, of what Charrington has been doing the last two years. He's been collecting all this talent and now it's time to, you know, to, move some of that on and, and to go out and get, uh, and get what, uh, what we need.
1: I think it comes down to, you got, you, you almost want to start transitioning to this, which is, hey, let's get as much as we can in the system, flood it with as much, you know, quantity that has some quality to it. And then as you start moving uh, in this process to try to, you know, get this team better and the product better on the field now and, you know, in the in the short term, then you do start looking at moving some of that quantity that you feel that you have some depth and maybe you can turn that into something that's major league uh, ready to help you now. So I I would be worried if this wasn't going to start being the process um, truthfully.
0: Yeah, I think that's mainly why I posed the question, because I do think it's time to start at least thinking of that. And, Craig, we haven't really done a very good job of warning people that this part of it was coming, you know, as we were telling them to gently hug every single one of these prospects and <laughs> and don't, forward in other words, their
1: arrival. In other words, don't go falling in love, girl.
3: Yeah, I I think it was more of just like, okay, these guys aren't going to all pan out and forgetting that second piece, which is that they're not all going to show up in Pittsburgh, even if they do perform well. I think that was like the the last part that was in there because – I mean, I believe the goal would be if you have especially like if the season gets started on time or what or if you know Triple A has their Kanan Smith and Jigba, their you know Zwinski, if you have uh Swaggerty there and you have Mitchell and you still have Oliva and you still have Bly Madras, you're hoping that at some point in time that even two of those guys perform well and you can kind of make it look like that third guy who still has a little bit of shine to him. And you got to really trust your scouting department that you can move him right. um, for a piece. Just like, I mean, if you look at last year with the Yankees, with with them picking up, uh, with us bringing in uh, Hoy Park and and Castillo, they saw it as a point in time where it's like, okay, these guys are pretty close. But we think that, you know, Clay Holmes could give us something, at least for wh- however long it would be. You've got to look for Ben Sherrington to possibly be making some of those moves when you need pitching, when the bullpen's struggling, and you and just have this gonna, plethora.
0: They knew they were going to run into 40 man trouble, too.
3: Yeah.
0: You know, with Miguel they are a really and good chance exam-
1: as well. So. Yeah, that's a really good example of what they did last year that, um, you know, hopefully that the Pirates can emulate and that they're in a position to emulate here real soon.
0: That said, the Yankees aren't often in a position where they're trying to build their entire team from their farm system. So, right. you know, it's I, I understand that, you know, everybody and their mother knows who Jason Dominguez is, right? But he, he's not a guy that, like, if he doesn't show up and turn into something, the Yankees' whole franchise is going to fall apart. The pirates are in that position where if Quinn Priester comes up here and stinks, chances are they're in trouble. You know what I mean? <laughs> like where yeah. Henry Davis bombs out before he makes it to the majors—that's that's a big setback. If Nick Gonzalez isn't a, a locked-on starter, that's a huge setback. You know? Um, I think that's why. I think really, if I'm if I'm blunt, this whole conversation is exactly why I'm always so right. uncomfortable even though it's harmless fun. This is why I'm always so uncomfortable seeing people put out this is the lineup in 2028. Because you have no idea who's even going to be in the system, let alone who's earned the spot and who they've beaten out and where they landed and what position they'll play. And it's, it's ridiculous. I remember Alan Hansen was one of the biggest prospect. We have everybody and their mother wanted Alan Hansen up here. Craig, you've interviewed Chad Hermanson? Yeah. I mean, there, there's a story right there. The guy who's cruising through the minor leagues comes up and the hitting coach messes with the swing and he's destroyed forever.
3: Yeah, it baseball. definitely <laughs> go ahead, Jim. No, I was just going to say
1: I mean, uh, if people aren't paying attention, baseball is hard. And it's, it's hard to see how some of this is going to shake out. And I think Craig, you touched on something that I thought uh, was, was um, I wanted to come back to and revisit real quick is we might even want to be getting used to the fact that we may have to move somebody good from the minor league system to get where we want to get to. It's not just going to be that second or third option that, we hope has a little bit of shine to it still, or that it appears to sometimes you got to give up good to get good. And, um, you know, there'll be some outcries about that. And, um, you know, that's going to fall squarely on Sherrington and the scouting department and, and how they view it and uh, what they think they're going to get in return. But some of these are going to hurt and um, they should. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, it's
0: funny. We talked about, Wandy, right? And so Yark brought up Wandy too. No one thought the Burnett or Wandy deals or the Martin Liriano signings, for that matter, was going to lead to much. Got to get guys when they're available, people assuming that guys are always there when you need them. It's not the way it works. And I, I think that's where I'm at too. I, th- I think if, if they wait on somebody like a Baumgartner, who I'm pushing, believe me, it's not like I've heard a rumor or anything. But uh, if they wait on a guy like that, well, other teams are going to get itchy and go after him too. If he has a decent mm-hmm. year, you know, so it's a guy that you could you could buy low on. Basically, maybe you don't have to give up the farm for him. You're eating a whole lot of salary, so they're probably not going to require a lot of prospect capital. You can get by just giving away some people that you kind of just clearing out the garbage a little bit. I'm sorry to say that, but that that's what some of these guys really ultimately are going to be, It's just filler.
1: I think, you know, especially in markets like Pittsburgh and the situation that they're in and that they've put themselves in, um, Pro, be proactive. Um, York brings up a great point there. You know, you can't just uh, go out and pluck things off the player tree when you just need them you're not in that position this isn't the organization that's gonna do that nor can they afford it like gary said when someone's someone's having a great year well yeah anyone can go out and say we need that guy can you do it then if someone comes available and the timings maybe a touch before you wanted to do it but it makes sense and there there can be a good return there I think you have to consider it. I mean, what 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 would we be doing here if not those things? Yeah, but Craig, I mean, we
0: talk
3: about this stuff
0: all the time. Who who even remembers like who gets traded?
3: You know? Yeah, and and that's what I was thinking of as we're having this conversation. I thought to myself, you know, everybody brings up like the the AJ Burnett thing has been like the huge trade news, and and a lot of people, you know, have already searched that. You know as to who's in there. But my big thing was, is I was thinking who did the pirates trade to acquire Marlon bird, who was a pretty big catalyst at the end of that year. Uh, Jim, do you have any idea? I'm putting you on the spot here, man.
1: <laughs> um, Give me one sec.
3: Okay I, a, I, okay. I don't need a second.
1: I got zero clue. So hit me. <laughs>
3: Uh, Dilson Herrera. Wow. Yeah, and, and so like we were talking about that in the when when you were offline for a second, and I just thought to myself, I'm like, there are probably Pirates fans that were huge prospect fans that were maybe a little bit upset because they had seen what he had done at Low A that year, was showing some promise, and this is a guy that actually ended up making it up to the majors. So it's it's not like he didn't have that pedigree and and wasn't going to be, you know, but Marlon Burr was a little bit more important, you know, in that 2013 season. And I think that, I mean, that's something that if, you know, that, that low a player that we like that we acquired from, you know, from San Diego and like a Hudson head that's showing like that promise and stuff like that, that could be that guy for us, this year or next year who were trading to get you know an actual piece right so, i mean
0: the point of all that really is like okay so basically like if let's make up a guy that you want or you think is available and you can go get him it's not going to cost the pirates a ton of money because a lot of this is about eating contracts to begin with that's kind of part of the deal you're trading them that you're going to take that money out, out of their pocket. that You're not going to make them pay that contract. If it costs you somebody like Anthony Solomito, who you've seen throw a couple bullpens, and yeah, you're excited about him, don't get sweaty. This is part of doing business. This is part of this job, right? I mean, you, you have to trade something of value to get something of value. Yeah.
1: Got it. Like I said, you gotta you gotta pay to play, and you do that with either money or a prospect. And um, I'm glad you brought that up, Craig, because that was what I really wish is though that I nailed it. Like as soon as you said <laughs> it, I nailed it. I just give you the peace sign and I just walk off stage here and just you know leave you guys speechless. But it didn't happen.
0: The best part of that is there's somebody listening who's going like these guys don't know anything right now <laughs> because because yeah. you didn't have that answer in your back pocket, which is great. So yeah. I'll tell you what, that's enough on that subject. I, I don't want to get everybody super depressed that all these prospects aren't going to make it or get traded, but it's just something that I think we have to brace ourselves for. Let's take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to have to touch on the CBA. I'm sorry, everybody, if you don't want to hear it. to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sport, and I uh, i tried to, to sound super happy as I was coming into this segment, and then I realized I'm talking about the CBA again. Um, it's That's just awesome. going on and on and on, and it's been all week, and they've been meeting every single day, and I wish I could tell you that something major was happening, but something major is not happening. Craig, I mean, we've watched it every day. I see... Some giddy some somehow there's actually fanboys for for the negotiation. There really are. There's people that are literally excited to hear these two sides moving like five million dollars at a time towards each other or sometimes in the opposite direction running around acting like spreadsheets are fun. So how do you feel about what's going on, brother?
3: It's it's just frustrating to watch, um, just because it feels like you. Number one, it feels like you have to pick a side, and and I'm a person that I, I don't really want to pick a side because m- my side is is selfish. My side is myself. My side is the person that wants to see baseball played, but I also know that I, my like I'm not in the room. I'm never going to be in the room. I'm not being considered. And to see like how long they're meeting for. And during that time, there's actually, in my eyes, been maybe less movement than there had been by not meeting or moving in opposite directions.
0: It's like, what did I say in the five thoughts this week? Didn't I say like that? you know sometimes like when you sit down in a room together like that and there's no decompression time it can actually be worse. But yeah, I think that's what we're seeing.
3: Yeah, I mean you see them like walking out and talking and doing whatever but I mean the the amount of stuff they're talking about and I understand like at some point like you know you want to get some of the low hanging fruit out of the way but I'm the type of guy that after a while that gets a little bit boring and you just kind of want to take a an axe to it or whatever and and take out the hard thing and just let the the this small hanging stuff that really doesn't impact a lot of players it doesn't impact a lot of stuff that you just like let that fall where it may if you have a huge sticking point i don't know why you're waiting till the end for that to happen unless that stuff's being discussed and we don't know about it but To me, it's like, okay, we checked off all these little boxes, but the, you know, giant elephant in the room is still sitting there. I I just don't get that part of it.
0: That's exactly where I was going to go with it, and I was literally going to say elephant in the room. It's – you sit there and – and I'll go to you on this now, Jim. You sit there and you you agree on things like the DH, which we all knew you were going to agree on, and you agree on – On these silly little things that that just don't have too much to do with the main problem. The main problem, as far as I can tell, the biggest divide really is the CBT and where the players want it, where the owners want it, and the revenue sharing, which the owners aren't going to touch. And they've said it's a sacred cow. They're not going to touch it. Um, If you don't conquer those problems, what are we doing? That's what you should be talking about.
1: Well, you know, um, <laughs> this is this is like uh, this is like a divorce right now, and you're sitting down in front of uh, the judge, and you're trying to <laughs> somehow we're getting caught up in uh, fighting over the beanie baby collection, and and uh, sorting that out that's worthless, instead of addressing like all the big problems. In the big things that you need to sort out financially for assets, right? For a marriage, you, you know, the dissolution of one. I mean, the good thing I
0: can I can say from personal experience about a divorce
1: is eventually it happens. It, and then... it happens. <laughs> Try, uh, I, I can second that one. Um, but yeah, so to me, it's just kind of comical about what they get hung up on. And then I think everybody here our biggest fear was after this was all said and done was anything really going to be done to help certain markets and certain teams and truly, truly addressing some of the the things that, that, that are ailing the game. And I think we are quickly moving to the fact that you're not going to see much of that. And for, for fans of teams like, yeah, for fans of teams like the pirates, that's a shame. I was worried about it from the beginning.
0: Yeah, I think I, I even tweeted at Schmitty the other day on uh, on on Twitter. Um, when he was on the show, I said, MLB could very well screw this up and make it worse. And he was like, no, how could you say it? Well, it's I, I feel vindicated. It's absolutely going to be worse. I think we can already check that box, Graves, that MLB has done nothing to make it better for teams like the Pirates. And I think even if they make a deal at this point, I think we can kiss that goodbye.
2: Yeah. And I, I, I was reluctant, reluctant to to think that um, way for the longest time, but it's, but it's definitely coming that way. I mean, they can't even seem to really agree on, on many, much of the other small things. So, but I think both sides have just dug in so deep uh, nobody's really willing to budge and, um, uh, while it's frustrating, um, you know, and I, and I want baseball back too. I, I'm, I'm just kind of on the fence of, you know, and, uh, of, of what I really want to happen. If, if nothing that, uh, big is going to happen and nothing's going to happen to, to help the small market teams, then, then just finish it off and just be done with it and kick it down the. Kick the can down the road and, and let's have baseball back. But uh, a small part of me wants to I'm believe with
0: you. If it's if it's not going to help the Pirates, if it's not going to help the Orioles and teams like that, yeah, I mean, make, and make I mean, them competitive. Then to me, right? Why am I losing any baseball games?
2: Yeah, that's my let's, point. You know, yeah, if I'm going to lose you know,
0: baseball games, make it count. It, it,
2: well, exactly.
1: And, and speaking of losing baseball games, there's there there was something that just came out about this big edict from the owners about if the season doesn't start on <laughs> time. So let's dive into that a little bit.
0: You mean like where the, the pressure tactic, where they're basically saying we're not going to negotiate on this. We're not going to change the schedule. We're not going to make up ball games. If you cause nope. us by not agreeing to miss games, um, you're just going to lose money.
1: You will not be paid for those games and that's what they said by Monday, correct? Yeah, and tell me that's yeah. not
0: targeted at all those Boris clients that are sitting on that board. Because they're the ones that are gonna lose a quarter of a million a day.
1: Yeah.
2: Well and, and, and another part of that that of that too that I read is I think by day fifteen, then there are certain some players and, and I'm not sure how it was necessarily defined, but some players would get an extra year before they would reach free agency. So it's an, it's going to be yeah. impacting those type of players. Um, and, uh, you know, and if it goes beyond 15 days, I don't know if, if it's, uh, you know, if it will affect other people. But I do remember that, uh, you know, by, by April 15th, if we don't have baseball. It's going to start uh, impacting some players, and and uh, so that that's something to to to, to be aware tactics. of.
0: It's all designed it, it to get it's all designed to get members to start reaching out to their reps and saying like, "Hey, we want to play baseball. What are we doing?" And the guys that they want to call are the guys that you know are like uh, not making a ton of money right now and can't yeah. afford to miss a paycheck. Unfortunately, they're guys like Brian Reynolds that has a second baby on the way and is making like 600 k And, <laughs> you know, it's stuff like that. It, Craig, it sucks because, you know, we, we root for young players and we know how, how MILB players get exploited, so we want them paid when they get up here. It's not like we begrudge them that. Um, but to me, if they're not going to make major changes to this game, I don't understand why we have to lose anything. Both yeah. sides should just kind of be like, "Listen, we're at in impasse. We know we're going to fight again in five years. Screw it, let's go play."
3: Yeah, and for I think Major League Baseball, you're pointing towards those that sixty percent that I will talk about. You know, that didn't that are you know didn't make a million dollars. That didn't make Herreras yeah those areass that that didn't you know didn't get that money that that haven't cashed in yet that you know are banking on towards arbitration you're you're hoping that those those guys that were just added to the forty man that you know aren't in minor league camp right now or spring training are you know gonna be able to you know to push those votes over the top um and I think that's kind of like what you're saying. It's it's putting the pressure on and, and you know, minor league and, and major league players go back and they say, hey, well, then if we don't get paid for 162, then we're not giving you your, you know, playoffs, which I think right. the owners, you know, really want and have already, you know, signed a deal for. But I don't think that hangs over the owner's head as much as, you know – guys sitting here without paychecks, you know, at some point in time.
0: Right. And there's a little fun set up to to let them get through that for a while. And I'm sure that Max Scherzer is not going to, you know, take any of that. I'm sure he would allow that to, you know, flow down to guys that really need it. But I, I would think, you know, a couple weeks of missed games and missed income, I think you will have more of the younger types Tending to reach out to their leadership and and starting to to wonder why we're not playing, um, especially knowing that there's still going to have to be some form of spring training. So if they really do stay locked out until April fifteenth, as I saw somebody suggest, um, you're looking at like what. May 15th, before you start, because the players already said they needed a month to get ready. So, that's like a lot of games missed. <laughs> that's not fun. That's going to make for some pretty moody spring campers, I'd say. Um, I don't know. It seems like, to me, a, a real mess, and, and I don't feel like they're going to come out of it with any major movement on anything
1: so so should we should we at least uh get on record here uh among the four of us and at least see kind of where we see this thing headed and by when um i'll put myself on the spot if you guys want to do it too well you're the one who thinks it's a good idea so get us started (laughs) (laughs) okay you know um here's here here's where we're at the the owners have, have put this firm deadline in of monday the 28th and you know we're we're you're not going to get paid for games missed and blah 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 i will say i think we're we'll see a week or two missed of a season that's that's i i think the owners won't necessarily care about that week or two right at the beginning and it'll be enough to make the players realize that okay, this is going to start to hurt a little bit, and then they'll come together. So I'm going to put it at a week or two missed of, of a of a real regular season by the time it's all said and done.
0: Okay, so mid March signing point
1: for you. That's 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 I think it's gonna. I think uh, Monday is just totally unrealistic at this point, and then I think once you actually start seeing Things get crossed off the schedule, that will be the impetus, and we'll talk, we're talking a week or two to get all the, the, the details in order.
0: All right, Graves, how about it? What do you all think?
2: Right. I, I, I actually think it's going to go a little bit longer. I think we actually we're not going to have baseball until the first of June.
0: Okay, interesting. What gets accomplished if that happens?
2: Um, I don't know that anything gets accomplished, but I think both sides are dug in so deep that they're not wanting to, to, to blink. I, I think about uh, Joe Kelly and, and Scott uh, Van Slyke and their little stare off there in the playoff game and, you know, standing there after the national anthem and, and staring each other down. I think, I think that's kind of where we're at and, and nobody's going to blink uh, too quickly.
0: I can't disagree, Greg. Craig, I mean, like, again, I know you just want baseball. But if nothing's going to change and they come back in June and nothing really significant has changed, aren't you going to be more ticked off than if they just blasted the whole season away and did something significant?
3: I mean, at this point in time, if you're going to miss games, do something. I don't see it happening, though. I mean, I see at this point in time, I'm I, I kinda pick maybe like the little bit of the in between. I see the the spring training starting once all the, the young boys are out of there and have been made their assignments that are gonna start the you know the minor league season. I think it's April fifth, uh, for triple A and then April eighth for, you know, the single double and uh and low A. Uh, but that's where I kind of see that going. And I guess that would be starting the season about a month late. Um, I think that this, I, I'm going to throw this out here. I think this could eventually be the start of the shortening of the season in general. I've been thinking about this a lot um, just because uh, if you think about the, the games in Pittsburgh or Chicago or you know, anywhere up north, New York, that are played on April 1st. We've been to all those. We've been to those games. It's right. either 70 and sunny or it could be 28 30, and uh, snowing, yeah. you know, and it yep. could just be terrible games to, to play in. Um, do you, think, I, in fact, I do you
0: remember? do you remember when we did the uh, the live bucks in the basement down at Sly Fox?
3: Oh, my God. When they were the opening day. Oh yeah, it was opening day, and that, luckily that was in Chicago. But yeah, um, yeah, but it
0: was opening day, and and we the wind was blowing <laughs> so hard down at, like down across the river that mm-hmm. we went outside, and like Craig's hat just went flying down the street. Like.
3: And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I wouldn't want to be watching baseball in this weather. Like that's what I kind of right. thought to myself. So I that's where I think that. I I think maybe it it starts to gear towards that. I think the players might have to lose a little bit of money at this point in time. But maybe we come out with that, I don't know, 150-game season at some point. Hundred fifty, You know, if you're going to expand the playoffs, that's going into another rabbit hole. But, you know, I kind of see that, you know, maybe you lose a month and you start in a little bit warmer weather.
0: I mean, when I start thinking about these negotiations, I always – i always end up going okay what what has to happen What what is something that there's no way this starts unless it's there to me the owners have made it pretty clear that this does not get signed if that cbt isn't included so just the fact that the cbt is included is a sticking point let's not even worry about how much it's for (laughs) like I don't think that part even matters much, but the fact that it's even there has to be in there. The expanded playoffs. And I think as far as the, the players go, it's got to be what the, the expanded uh, money for, for younger players, the minimum play uh, pay increase. And I think they have to have some kind of bonus pool, but it's not going to be anywhere near what they want. So I don't know. I think they're at an impasse and somebody's just going to have to straight up drop something off of their wish list entirely. I would say we're probably looking at a May 1st start if I had to guess and I don't think there's going to be too awful much done differently. I do think it's going to create some uh, bitter fans that uh, were probably more open to losing an entire season and coming back with a fixed game than uh, fans who um, were were basically just hoping for baseball to figure it out and not miss any games to begin with. Right. It's going to be a, a, a messy period for baseball here. I actually think they are in their last CBA negotiation um, as, as we know it right now. I think the next one is going to be a lot more... Uh, crucial and a lot more substantial for a lot of reasons. So well, I, th- I think there's some teams that are going to be on the verge by that.
1: You know, and what will be interesting this time around as it goes on, assuming that it does go into the season here, um, just how, just how uh, the public tolerates at this time, you know, from the last big uh, lengthy lockout that they had, um, in 94 and 95, I think, and just, so you know, politically, um, economically right now, how are people going to view this? How are they going to tolerate it? You know, I think that's a fascinating part of it that we won't quite know until it plays out, and uh, it's a different dynamic. So, yeah, I mean, that's going to be interesting for sure.
0: It's a fascinating part of it. But the fact that, like, people like us who are very, very into baseball, like we're really into it, can throw throw around cavalierly words like lockout and strike interchangeably like they're the same thing, like you just did, because that was a strike, not a lockout. But we throw that stuff around like it doesn't matter. I don't know if the general public really long-term blames – the right side or the wrong side, I think they just blame the game. I think they blame both sides for hurting the game in 94. They don't care who went on strike or who got locked out or how it happened. They just blame the two sides for being greedy. Even right now, the people that aren't following this daily, they just blame both sides for being greedy. They're just mad that both sides want money. That's all there is to it. The players don't make as much money as they could if they would accept the cap system. That's the truth. I mean, it's it's factual. It's the way it is. Look at the other leagues. Baseball's making about, I think, 43% of revenue. Not that anybody has 100% hard and fast. Um, look at it, but that's the latest I've seen. In all the other major leagues, it's over 50%. Alright, there you go. Sorry. That it's you make more money in the other leagues. Maybe maybe the players should wake up to that. At some point I think they're gonna kinda get it forced on them. Not this year.
3: Yeah, not this time. I, I think that at some point they are gonna have to drop something though. When you're asking for a bonus pool for players and then asking for raised minimum salaries, which would be additional money on top of the raised minimum salaries. I think that at some point in time, one of those has to go. And, and not that I think that either one of those are un, you know, that the players don't deserve it. But I just think that in a negotiation, you can't ask for more money at the bottom, but also a pool of more money at the bottom. I mean, it's just
0: asking for something that didn't exist. And your number is a hundred million dollars higher than the person on the other side of the table. The chances of the negotiation ending with you getting anywhere near what you're asking for are pretty much nil. No. And yep. everybody in that room knows that.
3: I mean to to me it's like it's it's like when the the owners put the the 110 mil, like whatever what was the 100 million dollar floor with the you know cap at at 180 like the owners knew that wasn't realistic and it wasn't going to happen and I I see that 115 million dollar pool as as the player's side of that.
0: Yeah, you're, you're totally right. They, and the owners are, are, aren't snow white here. They've done the same thing. It's just to me, the owners aren't asking for anything. That's completely brand new. Yeah. CBT. Absolutely. I've, I've seen people say it's brand new because it's sunset when, when the last CBA ended, but come on, realistically, that's like my car breaks down and I have to go get a new car tomorrow, and, and it's like I've never driven before. All of a no, it's not, it's not the same thing. You're, you're replacing something that has been part of the structure, and you can't just pretend that it didn't happen. It's, it, it just doesn't work that way. And, and you're, you're doing mental gymnastics to, to make sure things come out on the right side for you mentally. That's all. The CBT has to be in there. It's just crazy to, to not have it in there. <laughs> i'm tired of having the these discussions if, if for nothing else because they become circular circular like real quick it just gets that, to basically at the end of the day i want baseball yeah but at the same time i want the system fixed yeah. so if you're gonna miss games fix make, something measurably
1: make it count like,
0: Yeah, like we said, I already think we're past the threshold where it's going to help the Pirates realistically. So I'm already in don't Caresville. You know, come back when you come back, and we'll figure it out and move forward from there. It's not like I'm going to stop watching. But I think it's fair to say I'm a little bit more vested in it than maybe uh, Joe Sixpack, who by May will have found something more fun to do, you know? Watch those maulers! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So, anyways, got uh, great, great talk this week, and uh, we we've also challenged Eddie to do some some actual um, editing of our of our show. We usually hand him something pretty clean, but we messed it up in the middle on purpose just for fun. Uh-huh. So he he gets lot of stuff. Yep. So, uh, Graves, how do people get a hold of you, my friend?
2: All right. Well, I am Voice from the Graves. You can find me on Twitter at uh, KG underscore 55 VFTG. And uh, give me a follow. Let's uh, We'll talk baseball, and uh, hopefully they'll get this thing sorted out real soon. All right,
0: Craig, I know how to get a hold of you, but how does anyone else get a hold
3: of you? Um, On Twitter, Bucks in the Basement, at Bucks Basement, uh, Bucks in the Basement on Facebook. I mean – Listen, listen to the podcast. Read the articles. Gary writes more in depth and and better about the CBA than I does, and he probably regrets doing that because uh, I've kind of copped out of that a little bit. But uh, we'll uh, we'll get geared back up here. My league baseball is coming at least.
0: That is something to look forward to, <clears throat> Jim. How do people get a hold of you, my friend, before you make your triumphant return to the Berg?
1: Yeah, so um, it is at Jim Stam 22 and for the city underscore 412. Um, all Twitter all the time, all Pittsburgh all the time. Um, but uh, before I go, I do want to thank everybody that listens to this show, that watches this show, that downloads it that um supports us that comes on the show we continue to grow every month and it's been pretty incredible and um you know we're always on the lookout for new guests uh our guests have done nothing but help us grow this show and i can't say thank you enough and uh, we're looking forward to the season getting started and really really taking this thing um to a, a different level
0: Right, like playing baseball with the bad CBA won't help the Pirates, but it'll help us. So I'm down (laughs) for it. Let me uh, let me just do a little bit of show business here. Um, I'm really really bad at it, but I have started an Instagram for Pirates Fan Forum. So if you're an Instagram person, please check it out. Uh, Bear with me. If you're really good with Instagram, teach me how to use it. Get a hold of me (laughs) on Twitter and help me. I'm out. Because I don't understand it. Um, You know, in case you can't tell, I am not a pretty girl. So I need help with Instagram. I don't understand it. Um, Also, I'd like to say happy birthday to my mom, 66 years old, Uh. um, just this week. And wonderful person. uh, Truly... So the only reason that I can do a lot of the things that I do in life is because that woman spent every waking moment of my life telling me there was nothing I couldn't do. Right, so, just great person. And uh, pray for all of our friends in the, U- in the Ukraine. Um, not going to get political here, but I literally have friends in the Ukraine. So, um, you know, they're on my mind tonight. So just everybody... Have a moment of silence for the, them as they uh, try to keep their country for themselves. And uh, without further ado, Ben, take it away. Yes, go yeah, honor.